and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. God bless you. To God be the glory. I am elated. I am ecstatic. I'm excited about today to be here with our brother and sister, our friends, Pastor Jamie and Kim. We love you guys so much. You know, Pastor Jamie and Kim has an incredible love and great compassion. And, and we thank God from, from Hewland Street when we initially met uh, all the way to Trail Lake uh, and everything in between. I, I can say a lot. Uh, I love it that I only have 35 minutes to preach, and I don't want to use it all. But I'm so grateful and thankful to Pastor Jamie and Kim. Let's thank God for them. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, Pastor. I love you. And certainly the entire Antioch family uh, Antioch of Fort Worth, uh, you guys are wonderful, you're beautiful, and we thank God for you. Again, let's celebrate each of you, amen? God bless you, God bless you. Hey, I, I have to do this because um, Pastor Jamie and I initially met uh, through a dear friend of ours, and I always tell this story every time I think of him, the way we met. Uh, I had the privilege to pastor a great church, Pleasant Mount Gilead Missionary Baptist Church in Lake Como, uh, Texas. Uh, and, and we had, my wife and I went to a bed and breakfast celebrating an anniversary. Uh, and the owners, you know, we, we sharing the gospel and, you know, just talking and they're believers and we're just encouraging one another and praying. And she asked me, she said, have you ever met Dr. Randy Brown? So we're doing work in the community. I was like, you know what? I hear that name a lot, but I have not met Dr. Randy Brown. One day I was coming to church. Uh, from around the lake, and there's a little hill, and here I am driving this big Tahoe down the hill, and right in front of my car, someone comes across on a scooter. You'll never imagine who it was. As I slammed to my brakes, it was Dr. Randy Brown. That's like, talk about Paul on the road to Damascus. I, I mean, you know, what a way to, you know, and I'm just so grateful and thankful for Dr. Randy uh, Brown and Andy. Uh, and uh, where, where, where are they? I, I know they're yeah, there they go. God bless you. Love them. We had the privilege to go to northern Uganda together and, and, uh, and met some of the other missionaries. I saw Chris and Jeff and Charlotte, so I need to stop calling names because I'll forget. But we're grateful and thankful to be here on today. Last but certainly not least, uh, I'm also humbled and honored to have my family here. Uh, my son, Joshua, and his friend, Kay, and her mother, Patricia, uh, my aunt, uh, Sylvia, and uh, also my son in love, as we say, Jared, and our daughter, Hannah, and our grandson, DJ. And then I have a son in the ministry here. Y'all got to help me out. These eyes get a little younger. Uh, uh, Minister Kevin and Kara, there they go in the back there to wave their hand. When Cade, we're honored to have you all here today and family that's present. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King uh, had a dream. And it was reminiscent of the dream that uh, Walt Disney had. And both their dreams, and by some measure, came true. And I have that in common with them. Uh, I had a dream, and God blessed me with my dream to come true. When I met my bride, my wife, my lover on Corridor C at New Iberia Senior High School, 
and 33 years later, almost. Thank God for you, baby. I love you, and I'm glad that she's here today as well. Amen. 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 God bless you again so much, Pastor Jamie and Antioch, for your generosity and hospitality and this privilege to share in this capacity. If you would, be kind and open your Bibles or your apps to the pearl of Scripture, John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. So grateful for all who are serving in various capacities and this worship team that blessed our soul today. Amen. 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 John chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. And the word of the Lord reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We adore you. We honor you. We praise you for your everlasting goodness, your loving kindness, your tender mercies unto us, your mighty acts and wondrous works. God, thank you for your son, Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior and Redeemer. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit, our comfort to our teacher, our guide. Thank you, O oh God, for your infallible and your inerrant word. Now, Lord, as your servant, may you be glorified. God, help me to be sensitive to the promptings of your spirit and listen to your guidance as you speak through me to these, your precious people. And God, we praise your glorious name forever and ever and ever and ever for your goodness, your greatness, and your grace unto us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning from this subject matter, God's sacrificial love, God's sacrificial love. I'm reminded of a story that Dr. George Crane once told about a disgruntled wife. He said this woman came into his office and she was overwhelmed and burdened and she expressed her desires, the purpose for which she had come to his office. She says, I want to divorce my husband, for he is a jerk. <laughs> and Dr. Crane, not fully understanding the story as to why this woman wanted to divorce her husband, she says, but, but and he interrupted her, he, 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 she interrupted him. He said, not only do I want to divorce him, I, I want to get even with him. I want to hurt him as, as much as he hurt me. And Dr. Crane thought for a moment and he came up with this ingenious plan. And he says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go home to your husband. And then I want you to be behave as if you love him unconditionally. I want you to do everything possible to convince him that, that he's fully persuaded and he's completely assured that you have an undying and unconditional love for him. And the woman thought for a moment and had a sneaky grin on her face, and she said, genius, beautiful. Boy, will he ever be surprised. And so the woman left the office of Dr. Crane, went home, and she began to commence in this, 
this journey of convincing her husband of how much she loves him. She, she begins to be generous and compassionate and kind. She listens and she, she gives. She does all these wonderful things to convince him of her undying love for him. And she says whenever he gets totally convinced, then she will drop the bomb on him. And so she continues on this journey of loving and loving. And two months went by and Dr. Crane decided to call the woman because she had never come back to the office for the divorce. And he called and he says, I'm calling to follow up with you. Do you still want the divorce? And to his surprise, the woman said, divorce? I love my husband. I'm not going to divorce my husband. You see, family, motions resulted in emotions. Love is not just about the promise that we often experience on the altar of God before the people of God in his sight where we make promises to, to love it for better or worse, for richer or for poor, or in sickness and in health. Love is not just the promise that we make in vows, but, but love is often repeated deeds. Wherever love exists, it expresses itself. And God tells us about this sacrificial love. There is all types of love that we experience in the course of life, but nothing like the love that God talks about here in the text. My first point is this, the proof of God's sacrificial love. Watch the scripture here in John chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, this pictures the, the emphasis and the intensity of God's love, but it also characterizes that which is different. It is distinct and dissimilar. See, God's love is not like our love. The, the, the adverb here, so, acts as a modifier for God's love, and it shows the intensity of God's love and the differentiation of God's love from the love that we experience in life. If we're going to love someone as believers in Jesus Christ, we must possess God. He must rule and reign in our hearts. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, anyone who does not love, does not know God because God is love. So what's the difference between this love that God talks about here in this passage of scripture and the love that you and I experience from day to day? Can I talk about this just a little while? In circles of psychology, there are three types of love that are common to human relationships. Number one, it's called pragma. Pragma is an arranged type of love. It's a love that you most often see among royal families. It's a love that's dependent upon one's social class and economic status, perhaps even one's political persuasion. It is an arranged type of love. But then there is another love called a luda love. This is a game type of love. It's the love where you DM someone on social media and there really is no depth to that kind of love. It's a game type of love. Then there is the mania love. That's a strange kind of love because mania love will love with every fiber. But mania love is a crazy love because mania love says, if I can't have you, nobody else can. And perhaps in your journey of life, you might have seen or if not, hopefully not, but experienced those measures of love. But all of those types of love are strange. And then we get to the theological community and we learn of different types of love. We love about the love of eros. Now, that's a physical attraction. I'll leave that right there. That's a sermon for another time. 
But then there is the storge type of love. That's a love that's most often experienced between parent and child or among siblings. But it's also strange when you think about nursing homes where people are abandoned or foster care where children are left. It's a strange kind of love. And then there is the phileo love. Now, phileo is an interesting love. And the reason phileo is an interesting love because it is the highest form of love that humans can muster. But the problem with that love is is that it's always dependent upon the person being loved. If the person being loved is lovely, then the love will be well. But if the person that is being loved suddenly is unlovely or unlovable, then we withdraw the love because phileo love is a conditional love and it's dependent upon the loveliness of the one being loved. But the love that Jesus is talking about here in the text and the proof of God's sacrificial love, as we all know, is the love that's called agape love. Now, I love that love because that love is not dependent upon conditions. That love is not dependent upon you and I. In fact, that love comes from the heart of the lover, and he loves us in spite of us. In fact, the Bible declares in Romans, while we were yet sinners, God commanded his love towards us. He gave his son to die for us because his love is unconditional. And I don't know what you may have done in the course of life, what you may have pondered, what words you may have spoken, what deeds you may have committed. But here is one thing that I do know. While I'm not glorying in those things or making excuses, there is nothing that you could have ever done in the course of life that goes beyond God's grace and mercy and love for you. The proof of God's love. It's a distinct kind of love. It's a different type of love than what we experience every day. And that love, family, should compel us. I love what Richard Foster says about the spiritual disciplines. That love should compel us to pray and commune with God day in and day out, having ongoing, honest and open, transparent conversations with him because God loves us. That love should lead us to meditate. And this meditation, as as, uh, uh, Thomas Kempis once said, it's not some esoteric flight into the cosmic consciousness of the mind. It's not some hidden mystery or secret mantras. It's none of that. It's simply simply hearing the voice of God and obeying him in the midst of crowdiness and busyness and noisiness in our world there are times that our love for God must compel us to listen to his voice this love should compel us to study his word as our minds are renewed and we discover God's greatness and, and God's goodness towards this love should compel us to be good stewards as we trust God and, and we manage all that we have in terms of our resources and responsibilities. This love should compel us to submit one to another, to submit to our leaders and one another for the purpose of God's glory and the building of his kingdom and the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This love should compel us. The proof of God's love is sacrificial love. I love the way Dr. Maya Angelou puts it. She says, love recognizes no barriers. It jumps hurdles, leaps fences, penetrate walls, and arrive at its destination full of hope. There are no barriers for God's kind of love. There is nothing that we cannot overcome and or conquer because God's love has the power to arrive at its destination full of hope. 
the proof of God's sacrificial love. Number two, the purpose of God's sacrificial love. The Bible says that whosoever believes in him should not perish. And I love this passage. Uh, Not long ago, I shared with my family. I I grew up with my great-grandmother serving and caring for her on the weekends. And uh, it was important to my grandmother that you memorize scripture. And so one of the, the passages of scripture that I remember distinctly is in the Old Testament, the 23rd number of Psalms. She wanted us to know that passage verbatim. But in the New Testament, it was the text today, John 3, 16. She wanted us to understand that text well. And this is nothing, you know, to, to speak in a condescending manner towards my grandmother, but, but she would always say shall. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And because it was so embedded in me, uh, even pastoring and seminary, I, I always said shall. And that's good because it's a future tense term and it speaks to God's glorious promise in the future. But the text says should not. And I love that because it's a distinction. The Bible says that whosoever believes, I wish I had time to talk about what it is to believe. It's not just a knowledge of God. It's not just an ascent where our hearts and minds embrace that which we know to be true, but it's also an appropriation. Real faith is evident when we appropriate what we know about God and what our hearts and our minds embrace. He says that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Here is the unequivocal evidence. Here is the indisputable proof that we actually do believe in God that we do not perish let me read that again he says that whosoever by the way God does not discriminate God is not biased and he's not partial God loves all men he says that whosoever believes in him and I love the King James because it says believe it and the suffix is a continuous action that we don't stop based on conditions but we continue we persist to love God to believe in him it doesn't matter where we are in the course of life but that we believe him he says whosoever believes in him should not perish so the question we must have today is what is it to perish Thank you so much for being inquisitive, as I often say to my own church family. Here is the reality. To perish in this life means to journey in this life without hope. It means to journey in this life without the peace of God. It means to live without his joy. And and family, God's hope is a confident expectation. That's what the Greek helps us to understand. It is a confident expectation that regardless to the temperament of life, we believe that God is able to intervene and bring to fruition what he desires and what he wills. And so as we journey on this earth, we live with hope. Otherwise, we perish. But we also learn to live in the peace of God. And that's pe- that peace is not like the peace of this world. As Jesus says in John 14 and 27, he says, the peace that I give is not the peace of this world. And it certainly implies profoundly a distinction. This peace of God brings tranquility in our being, a stillness in our soul, a calmness in our lives that regardless to the turbulent, tumultuous, and temptation, ter- troubles outside of us, God can keep us in his peace and then it's his joy 
His joy that's unspeakable. His joy that is distinct from any other joy. This joy that comes from being in relationship with him. If we perish on earth because we do not believe, this is what we forfeit. The hope and the joy and the peace. But God says it is ours to perish and the life to come is to die. To separate from this earthly realm and sphere. To have to face judgment and be condemned because we did not accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Suffering separation from God and experiencing the full wrath of hell. That's what it is to perish in the life to come. But in this life here on earth to be without hope and without joy. He says, listen, that whosoever believes in him should not perish. Don't let the joy that God has planned for your life be thwarted by the experiences in life. Don't let the enemy, and by the way, I often say this, Pastor Jamie, to my own church family, we are not each other's enemy. My son could probably quote me now. You may have had insidious remarks. You may have had some, 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 you know, vicious comments and, and what have you about others, but we are not, as believers in Christ, each other's enemy. For the Bible says in Ephesians 6 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of darkness and spiritual weakness wickedness we are not each other's enemy so we are called to to love we are we are called to to share one with another this is this is what love looks like first corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 through 7 love is patient clearly the wife learned that in the aftermath <laughs> But love is patient. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endure all things. Love is not gullible, but love has the audacity to stand firmly. It, it bears all things. It covers, if you will, and it believes. You believe of someone well, and when they show you different, you still have the audacity to hope that they can overcome. Love endures all things. I love the way Charles Spurgeon puts it. He says, if I profess to love a certain person and yet will neither give my silver nor my gold to relieve his wants, nor in any way deny myself comfort or ease for his sake, such love is contemptible. It wears the name but lacks the reality of love. True love must be measured by the degree to which the person loving will be willing to subject himself to crosses and losses, to suffering and self-denials. God's love is profound. And I know that seems kind of strange. As the Bible says in Luke 9, 23, if we're going to follow Christ, there's three things he says we must do. That's a definitive article. He says we must deny ourselves. Now, does that mean we become a mindless robot? No, no, because we can't become a mindless robot when the Bible says in Matthew twenty two thirty seven to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your soul, and your you can't become a mindless robot when the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, always be ready to give reasons for your conviction and your belief. It's not that we become a mindless robot when we deny oneself, but it means that we do not allow our preferences to take precedence over God's purpose. 
Say that again, Pastor Mouton. Thank you. It means that we do not allow our personal preferences to take precedence over God's purpose. God's purpose must mean so much more to us because we love him. There is a mission that you and I are called to. And it's our love that will fuel and compel us to be committed and dedicated and faithful to that mission. Jesus makes it abundantly clear in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. We call it the Great Commission. It was his final instructions before leaving earth. And it must always remain our greatest concern. To share the gospel of Jesus Christ that liberates those who are enslaved and entangled and ensnared by sin so that they may be emancipated. To be passionate enough to disciple every believer that he or she may become a passionate follower of Christ in every aspect of their lives. In the way that we worship and your worship team does it well. In the way that we share life one with another. In the way that we faithfully engage the mission and the biblical mandate. Listen, it may seem daunting, but God says his love will prevail. Faith and hope and love. They will all, if you will, work together, but love will endure to the end. Number three, and I'm going to my seat. (laughs) Now, as a Baptist preacher, Pastor Jamie, we usually say that three times before we actually get to our seat. (laughs) I believe that was the first one, Brian. (laughs) I'm kidding. The promise of God's sacrificial love. Here is God's promise, the proof is seen in the fact that God's love is unconditional. It says God will love us regardless to ourselves. And then the purpose is to save, to, to deliver. He didn't send his son into the world that, that the world might be condemned, but rather through his son, the world might be saved. And this is God's promise to us. But have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. You know, there's a funny thing. I remember growing up and I had the privilege of growing up in a Christian home. And uh, there were times, and don't condemn me for this, Pastor Jamie, but this was before uh, coming to know Christ in a personal and intimate way. I would see people with Bibles, and they were walking towards me. And when they walked towards me, I started thinking about reasons in my mind as to what I'm doing, even if I'm not doing anything. How can I escape this moment? (laughs) God has a sense of humor. Because now I am that guy with the Bible walking up to people and telling them about God's great love and and the privilege to preach to people and, and tell them about the wonder and the love of God. John chapter 15, 13 says, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend. This is what God did for us. And and maybe the Lord is saying this will be the third time. (laughs) God bless you. This is what God has done for us. He has graciously. Amen. Amen. Can you hear me now? Praise God. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank you so much for our team being so proactive. Listen, D.L. Moody says it this way. He says, if you can really make a man believe you love him, you have won him 
And if you could only make people really believe that God loves them, what a rush we would see for the kingdom of God. Oh, how they would rush in. But man has got a false ideal about God. And he will not believe that he is a God of love. When I think about God's great love for us and the wonder of our soul. When you, when you think about it, as A.B. Simpson says it, that, that God gave his love, his, his grace, so that the rebellious, the defiant could be reconciled. God showed his love family unequivocally in this that that he gave his son he who is precious to him to be crucified for us because of Christ we are justified we are declared righteous we are acquitted of our guilt because of Christ the the, the sinners condemnation can be canceled because of Christ the judgment that was rendered to us is now revoked because of God's great love for us the power of sin is subdued because of God's great love for us the the gates of hell was closed and the portals of heaven was thrusted wide open because of God's great love for us a guilt conscience can be healed because of God's great love for us a broken heart can be comforted because of God's great love for us the misery and the sorrow of the fall can be undone how many of you know about God's great love that he sent his son all the way from the corridors of heaven down through the umbilical cord of time to die a brutal death on the cross and be buried in the grave and he rose again victoriously triumphantly for you and I to experience his glorious salvation that's why we're grateful that's why we're thankful that's the reason we rejoice that's the cause of our celebration that's the purpose of our praise because we recognize that God loves us if I've had experiences where it appears as if I wasn't loved I was misunderstood misinterpreted or misrepresented I have good news for you today God loves you unconditionally he doesn't look at your blunders he doesn't look at your mishaps he doesn't look at your sins he doesn't look at your mistakes God loves you unconditionally you ought to open up your mouth and tell God thank you for your sacrificial love his promise his promise to us that what he has began he will perform unto the day of Jesus Christ maybe by chance you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in just a moment I want to pray a very simple prayer that I believe will have a profound impact on your life now let me be clear it's not the verbiage it's not the vernacular it's not the vocabulary it has nothing to do with my words it has everything to do with your faith in the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ alone the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9 if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus and that God is raised from the dead thou shalt be saved 
And if you're here in person or perhaps online, I want to invite you at this time to pray as we trust God for his glorious salvation. Father, we love you. We honor you. We praise you for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for your great sacrificial love unto us. That you gave your son, Jesus the Christ, to die in our stead, to suffer our sin, shame, and guilt. But God, he was buried and rose again from the grave, demonstrating your satisfaction with his sacrifice and making it possible for us to be forgiven of our sins and graciously granting us the gift of eternal life. God, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your unconditional love towards us. In Jesus' name. As we stand together today, and I'm sure Pastor Jamie is going to come and share with us some next steps, but maybe you are saved. And here as believers, you've been touched by God's love. But maybe, perhaps, we find ourselves struggling in this fallen world to love in that unconditional manner. I want to pray with and for you today as we trust God. Our worship team said it earlier. We're getting rid of, rid of all of our clutter. Whatever hinders or hampers us, whatever obstacles that we may have that, that hinders us from loving the way that God desires for us to love all of our differences in light of his goodness they wane they vanish if you're here today as Pastor Jamie comes we want to invite you to the altar whosoever will I'm casting my cares I'm casting my concerns and, and I just want to love the way that God loves us God bless you. Amen. Great. So if we could go ahead and get the ministry team, come on up. And, you know, just we do this every week, you guys. But I just want to encourage if you're new, um, just get in prayer in the moment. There's just something about just, just, just responding in the moment. And I want to encourage you, if, the, if there's something you're like, I want that, then get prayer. And if there's a challenge, like what the hindrance is or something that needs to go, man, let's Let's get prayer for that. Just get a breakthrough today. Just, just there's power in us praying and ministering to one another. And always, you guys, if there's just something you just, maybe it's not something any of us talked about, but it's just something going on in your world and it's a struggle and you would need a breakthrough, come and get prayer. Let's just press in. We got plenty of time. Let's, that's, you can just keep preaching, you know. Um, but uh, just let's, let's respond to the Lord. Let's, let's sing worship, respond. We love you, Lord. Meet us here in this time. Yeah, just thank you for my brother's word to us. Meet us. Give grace. Pour out grace right now as we respond in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.